Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Well, it's Script Shop Showtime. We're, it is. We're in a different room. This is a special ESPN. edition. Well, shout out to ESPN. Now let's get some sponsorship. Yes, we are in a studio uh, that is traditionally used for uh, ESPN 1530 here out of Cincinnati, so Ohio. So ESPN, if you're listening to Script Shop, you know, and throw, why some, wouldn't you be? throw some cash on our uh, Patreon account. Yes, wouldn't that would that be, be great. great. Yeah, this is can. Script Shop, and this is a special show because we have two guests we in do. studio yes. who traveled a significant distance yep. to come see us. Bill Baber and Scott Crosby from the... Uh, pilot script we have tonight for remotely working. It's a 14, 15 page script mm-hmm. um, that is a part of a much larger first season that these guys have already got fleshed out. And they are visiting us from San Diego and St. Louis. Yes. Um, where one of them is like part time St. Lou, St. Lou, and Sandy. Yes. Yeah. You know, was, please don't I, stop. I was going there. <laughs> I'm Allison. I'm Jack. And we are here to talk to you. About these awesome guys who flew in all the way across the country, no matter which part they came in, to talk about their work, which they're very passionate about and have lots and lots and lots of plans on that. Yes, and we uh, like to hear from you and your work. You can interact with us in a variety of ways. If you're listening to the show, you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are Script Shop Show on all of those platforms. And if you just feel like it, like, you know, send us a script, come into town party with us like yeah we went out last night night. let's just bring them on so we can talk about this (laughs) okay yeah uh well so let's uh welcome to the show bill baber and scott crosby hi guys hey guys hey thanks for having us it's an honor to be here you are hello (laughs) that's trying to pick up a date (laughs) sorry that's my that's my creepy poem voice that i've been working on (laughs) it was either that or the seinfeld hello (laughs) or you could just say hey i mean you had options Well, guys, thank you so I much for coming in. Yeah, what do you think it's about? It's great to be here. What do you think about Cincinnati so far? Uh, so far, it's great. Um, we thank you for taking us out last night and showing us the town. That was a great time. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I love meeting new people. I tell you guys that all the time. But between going to the barley corns and then hitting <laughs> up OTR and Motor mm-hmm. and seeing, um, I'm blanking on the band's name right now. Uh, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie Johnson from, from Detroit. Detroit. Johnson from Shout Detroit. out to those guys. Yeah. yeah and they then, were great. And then I dropped you back off at your hotel, and, uh, and we got Jack Attack and Scott going out and painting the town as single dudes. <laughs> what, so tell us a little bit about going out. Well, I the mean, OTR district, I was, I've been getting educated on that. Yeah. That's kind of neat. And, uh, I guess it's been a gentrified area, and it's kind of a good bar happening bar scene now. Did you meet anybody? So yeah, yeah, we kind of kind of got a celebrity spotting last night actually uh, with one of our hosts. You know, yeah. So you and I are having a very casual conversation <laughs> in this bar, just the two of us talking about stuff, and all of a sudden, this twenty-something kid wanders over and like more or less just walks up to me and points at me and goes, huh, "It's Ed Sheeran," and I like I don't know how to react to that. Like it's that's the glasses too. 
I just got super annoyed with him. I was like, like I tried to play it off at first. I was like, oh yeah, red hair, one ugly redhead guy and another. He, he could sing better than Aww, I can. Like I was yeah. playing it off, but I'm super annoyed. Like inside, I'm just seething because yeah. don't sell yourself short. I mean, Jack. it's Come just it, uh, my own feelings it's, of well, you know, you, whatever, you but. don't like it when people just like. Get up in your business personally well, at like, all. I can define myself as being like this person or like this person, but for some rando stranger to come up and just like point a finger in my face and tell me that I look like somebody that he thinks I kind of did you punch like, him? No, it I stayed very simple. I would have. I, I was, totally would have smacked that guy. But then the kid like hung around. Like all of a sudden, the three he of did. us were going to start <laughs> talking. What? Ironically, too, Ed Sheeran's got tattoos up and down both arms and. You clearly don't. No, so. I definitely don't. Because that's I, I don't. Also, have the... you look nothing like Ed Sheeran. Well, you're very sweet. I mean, there's a general resemblance. Your there, voice is much better, actually. Well, that's, sweet. that's true. Maybe you should <laughs> dance in a music video, and then we can tell you that you're better than he is when he dances. In I'm actually videos. very glad that this topic got brought up because this is just a way for me to fish and get compliments to make myself feel better. So thank you all for participating in my psychosis. Thanks, we did guys. crush some X Men video game though. Yes, we did. Oh, that was good fun. Job, guys. That was fun. X Men. We did some Punch Out. Uh, the old bit. the old Punch Out game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they went to bed at 3. It was late. 3 a.m. So if you would like to party like a Cincinnatian, <laughs> you should come visit us or submit to my film festival, the Independent Film Festival, where we will be inviting artists to the city and partying with them like rock stars. Absolutely. That's coming up this August. <laughs> August 23rd, 24th, 25th at the Woodward Theater. You can submit on filmfreeway.com. And Allison, thank you for confirming that you took me home to my hotel at a reasonable hour, and I wasn't out drinking with these guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just for the record, you know, let your wife know yes. <laughs> that you got home at a reasonable hour. Yes. yes. Decisions were made. I mean, what's reasonable, though? You know, it was yeah. midnight California time when I got home. That's true. So. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we're still on California time. My daughter, my 21-year-old daughter, would have thought it was much cooler if I was out drinking at clubs. And well, you, you were for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah, we went to two places, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Very respectable. So, Very respectable. Scott and Bill are here because they wrote a script for a series called Remotely Working. It is a specifically, it's a web series, which I don't think. I new mean, media. New media. Yeah. It's something that's maybe not traditionally written as like something for network television or cable. And because Correct. of that, you've sort of made things a little more uh, short in terms of the length of page length for each episode. What what are some of the pros and cons that you're sort of running into when you're trying to change your thinking and write for something specifically for the web? So if if we're doing this mid-form and it's 12 to 18 minutes, so this the script is 15 minutes, you have to you have to make everything tighter. You have to be sharper. Mm-hmm. Uh, a traditional sitcom, which is 22 minutes, you have to cut seven minutes out. So usually you drop out the the second character arc or you just leave a little seed of that character arc that you pick up the next one. But 15 pages, 15 minutes is really tight. It's 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 hard. It's hard to be tight. It's mm-hmm. it's the uh, the old axiom. Um, I would have made it shorter if I had more time. And you have to focus more on the character. I think I kind of got that growing up. I love the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. and I thought I was just amazed in that in that short period of time they told a whole science fiction tale yeah. with a setup and a twist. And I thought that was really good writing. You're and right. they had to write it in those short time uh, blocks. So uh, it was a it was a um, a goal and it was a challenge and I love it and now I'm hooked on I love writing those 15 minute blocks. So what what inspired you to just write in this medium from the beginning? Uh, well, one of my favorite shows, uh, old classic now I think, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee was kind of the first 15 minute mid form comedy that I saw. And the traditional web series, when it first came out, was two to four minutes. 
kind of quick hits. It was kind of meant to be watched at work when you were supposed to be working. Yes. And, you know, I saw this, uh, this comedians in cars getting coffee and I thought it was the perfect length. It left you kind of wanting more, which I think is always good. And I couldn't wait till the next episode. And I think, I think Seinfeld kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of broke, broke open that form. And then, you look now, and there are some popular shows out. Facebook is trying this right now with the Mike Rose new show, which oh, really? I would highly recommend everyone to watch. Mm-hmm. It's uh, called Returning the Favor, and it's 15-minute, only on Facebook TV, and it's the same thing. It gets in there, it hits hard, and then it leaves you wanting more at the end. Mm-hmm. And there's no fluff. I think Bill hit hit the nail on the head there. you got to take out the fluff. There's a lot of fluff when you mm-hmm. watch television, and I think this form allows you to just get in, get the jokes, and get out. The American mind, it appears, is the attention spans are shrinking and shrinking. Mm-hmm. And so um, going to 15 minutes, converting from 22 down, I think is probably the trend. Right. You know, at this rate, eventually we'll only be talking in like 18-second bursts in 20 years <laughs> from now. I'm sorry, Bill. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm the, guy, I'm the guy who didn't want to convert on Twitter beyond 140 characters. Right. I thought if you can't say it in 140 characters, get out. Don't say it at all. Yeah. Brevity's the soul of wit. Yeah. Are you 140 or 280, Jack? I've, I've, I've forced myself to embrace the 280, but I've, I was angry about it for a very long, longer than I should have been. Oh, yeah. you've compromised. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm living in the world, man. What am I going to do? Not write 280 <laughs> characters if I have something hilarious that I'm going to tell you everybody You know, you about? could still write it in 140 characters. Yeah. Nobody is making you write to 280. Yeah, I know, but I'm just, Guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, you're a fish in a tank, and the fish grows to whatever size the tank is, and I'm living in a bigger tank. <laughs> what am I going to purposely stay small in this big tank i'm gonna enjoy it be a bigger fish okay do you guys normally write scripts like this or have you written other types of screenplays as well um no i've i've written two feature films so i'm used to the 120 page model Mm -hmm. and when scott came to me with this idea and i just thought it was so funny and he and he we talked about doing this i was so challenged by this concept can you write it in these tight 15 minute when the the medium was the challenge and i love it and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I first actually back in 2013 wrote kind of a reality series called Business and Brews, and it was kind of like a Shark Tank meets I don't even know. It was, basically, we interviewed entrepreneurs about their businesses while drinking beer mm-hmm. and okay. in a brewery, and it highlighted breweries across the country. So it's like Shark Tank meets Drunk History. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of, and it didn't get picked up, but that was actually, those shows were 10 to 15 minutes long. It was mm-hmm. kind of get in there, talk about the business, a little bit about the beers you're drinking, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's, I've always kind of liked that. I, I've always thought that comedies, there's just a, like I said before, there's a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. And I watch stuff today and on networks especially, and it's just... I don't know. I just don't think half of it's funny. Right. Um, we try to make it like that. And. Yeah. I was just going to say, interestingly, um, Corbin Salikin, who yes. we've had on the show before. Peach Fest. Peach Fest. He's a personal friend of mine, too, and he says this all the time. He spends a lot of time um, just kind of doing TV and film research and just watching stuff. And he'll always talk about the difference between network comedy and then how comedy is changing now to get tighter, funnier um, and not have some of that filler fluff that actually, I think, is based in poor storytelling. Correct. That people stretch things out way too long when the story isn't enough to really flesh it out. But in your case, you guys have a tight story with a very, very specific um, set of characters that are going to grow over the length of eight episodes, I think, is your first season. 
Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the concept of yeah. the story? Yeah. I want to, want to hit on one more point about the form. Sure. Um, when Netflix first came out and House of Cards kind of broke the mold with Netflix and kind of made Netflix a player, I think, in television when they started winning awards. Yeah. yeah. And this, as far as original stuff goes, yeah. Exactly. And this, I think this form needs only one breakout show and then it will become more standard and be, yeah. and be the norm. Okay. And I believe that Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee being picked up by Netflix, it's, I think it's their first show that was picked up that's in this 15-minute mid-form range. Yeah. And I think this will could potentially be, again, the deciding factor on if this form is the future. Mm-hmm. And if, if more people start watching this and that show starts winning more awards. I, I got to say something about this. Okay, so uh, I do. I have done a lot of babysitting in my past. As an artist, you're always finding your one-off jobs. Okay, children's shows are twelve to fifteen minutes. Okay, Very so this is a form that exists already, but now we have a new audience. Well, and even too, one of the things that occurred to me, uh, there's a couple series that are on Adult Swim that have been on for years. Some of the older ones, like Harvey Birdman, those episodes are only running. 12 to 15 minutes a piece and it's it's a little bit weird to get used to because i when that was coming out in the what early 2000s maybe late 90s people were very much in the frame of well it's either a half hour or it's an hour and i think everything's starting to be more up for grabs in terms of content and if you want to make it as long as you want to make it if you can fill that time and make the most of it that's that's where it's at it had to do with commercials that's where the 22 minute forum came there's no right or wrong length for a funny show or any kind of show it was traditionally the networks had to fill – it was all about money, exactly, mm-hmm. and they had to fill eight minutes of commercials, and that's where the forum came. But Netflix now, even their like Glow and some of their other yeah. – they're, they're not standard forms of any kind. Some of them are 50 minutes. Some of them are 38. You know, right. It's just yeah. – it depends on what you – how much time you need to get the job done. Right. Is Glow 50 minutes? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, well, I think it's out their hour – Which is really – Traditional hour. Which is really, really interesting because it's um, – like I think Glow's only a, a half hour. I think is it half? Because I remember feeling how nice it really? is just to easily digest each episode, and it's not like you have to have a huge time. The truth probably lies in the to, middle. I'm going to have to. Are you looking this up, Jack? <laughs> I, no, I think it's important to know because Glow, of course, um, it, it. I mean, the season ends up turning into more of like a dramedy. Yeah. But in the beginning, especially, it feels like a comedy. It and does. so I remember being surprised at the length of those episodes when I thought it was a comedy, and then you get it a little later that maybe it's not. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows. That's one yeah. of the things I've been watching recently. Yeah. I, man, I, I want to be in that show so badly. If I lived in L.A., I would make it my job to get on that show because there is, like, everything about me that wants to be a big-haired 80s babe in a leotard. <laughs> <laughs> everything. I have a me whole— Me too. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm I have sorry. this whole concept of who I would be if I was a wrestler and what my character would be. What would your character be? Okay, so I would be Sister Sin, and I would wear, like— <laughs> I would wear like a nun's habit and come into the ring with like monks and friars with incense and chanting and stuff. But my character would be like super sexy and she'd like take off her habit and everything. And then when I was like, I'd have my rosary and I would like wrap it around people in their necks or like nuns when they punish kids in school. It would be all about like that, that messed up. 
like you're reaching sexy. under the mat and like grabbing a ruler and yeah. whacking them did, when the yeah. did you go to Catholic school? I didn't, but I am Catholic. Okay, and you yeah. still have issues with it, right? Apparently. <laughs> what, what would your tag team name be? Our Lady of the Worthless Miracles. <laughs> She's trying to work them out. I had to figure that piece out. Uh, I think that's a naked gun joke, by the way. Man, <laughs> glow episodes are running about a half hour solid. Oh, some really? thirty two, okay, yeah. some okay. thirty five. Okay, well, win for Jack on that one. Yeah. I just remember feeling, like, oh, this is great. It's not going to take an hour for me to get through an entire, like, it was nice and easy to digest. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I did want to ask about, we just need to, like, introduce the concept. Oh, the idea of the concept. Yeah. That's true. So let's, let's talk about the concept and where it goes, and then we'll come back to the specific episode. So one of my friends that works in Amsterdam and has worked remotely most of his career came to me with an idea and basically all he said was it would just be funny to explore the humorous side of working from home. And that's the light bulb went off. I'd been banking the story that happens in the pilot, which is based on a true story. Um, okay. I'd been banking that in my mind for probably four or five years. And that's all he said. And I went to a coffee shop the next day and kind of flushed out the characters and uh, flushed out the first season and then I called my good friend Bill over here, who is an amazing writer, and I said, do you want to work on this? And I kind of pitched him the idea, and he was on board immediately. And within, I think, when we went back and looked, within six weeks, we had the first seven episodes done. Nice. And it took us a little bit of time to kind of figure out how we want to end it, but mm-hmm. we ended up writing the eighth one, and the eighth one is, it's a doozy. It's, it's amazing. focused to be able to, like, not only collaborate in that amount of time, but to have the story be so specific and so fleshed out very, very quickly. And we wrote it remote. Right. Too. We, l- we lived working. this thing while we were writing it. Oh, I yeah. was wow. living in St. Louis. Bill was in San Diego. And then our other friend that is helping a little bit is in Amsterdam. So we would do Skype calls oh, and wow. Google Hangouts. And we were living the show as Bill was writing it, which was great. So the first episode is Scott's idea. He he basically gave me the characters. He gave me the punchline. He gave me the setup. And I, I took it as a challenge and said, can I knock this out? Can I get 15 pages out of, and just do it? And I loved it. And then after the first show, the characters started speaking to me and started to uh, really inspire me. And then he didn't even ask me. I said, I just started writing the second because what's next? I, I said, oh, I'm on the third. I've already written the second. Oh, what? my gosh. <laughs> and then cool. from two to seven just flowed uh, organically. Yeah. It, it was so much fun. And creating the – and we've added more characters. And um, then the eighth one took a little bit of time because we had two things. We had to – Scott had another crazy idea that really happened in real life, and I had to embody that. And I had to tie in all the character arcs of one through seven. Right. But – Two uh, two through seven were just like lightning, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. so you've you've got this core group of people that work together, but don't they're not actually in the same office room right. or floor or anything like that. We bring they they work to they work for a corporation, yeah. international tech corporation. We call Piranha, like the fish, mm-hmm. and they never physically meet each other until the eighth episode. So yeah, they have brush they have brushes with each other, but they're not formally introduced. Yeah, and they kind of get the premise of the first season is they're all kind of outcasts. And they get put on this product team as one team, mm-hmm. and they're facing off against other teams, and the losing team gets fired <laughs> at the end of the season. So Yikes. that's the drama and the tension yeah. that is created. Yeah. And the season kind of walks you through that and kind of follows their different stories and 
the characters get developed during the first season. That's the classic trope of a group of outsiders right. thrust together yes. to be successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whether it's Dirty Does It or the Bad News Bears, that's been done before. But the way we did it is is different. Right. In terms of embracing where technology moves now and how people work on a day-to-day basis. Uh, yes. And that that's there's a whole undercurrent of, of, of that, this concept that, oh, look, we can all connect. We can all Skype. We can all talk to each other. Does it make human connections better? Right. They probably yes. it. You still have the same uh, 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 problems with humans interrelating that we've had for thousands of years. Yeah. Skype doesn't fix that. Right. right. It's still people. It's still people. I mean, on that note, do you want to tell everybody why you guys flew across the country to come <laughs> sit in on this interview? Sure. It is kind of ironic. The remotely working crew flew in to be in person to right. do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, personally, I like the human interaction, especially when we're doing this kind of medium. Mm-hmm. And it's it's better to play off. And I'd actually never been to Cincinnati, so I was looking not? forward to it, yeah, actually. And uh, yeah, so that, and that that's as Bill mentioned, that's kind of the the underlying tone of the first season is you can't really replace human interaction. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't know, when you call in, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. And we explore. Everything in the first season, the dogs barking in the background, the kids screaming, uh, getting caught in compromising positions and situations <laughs> when you thought it was on you know, audio and it's really on video. And so I, I didn't want to have my shirt off while I was talking to you guys and you catch me. So I flew out to Cincinnati That's, so that wouldn't happen. I still have my I still might have take my shirt off <laughs> yeah, later. I don't know. Still not dressed. Like but at least she'll know. At least on. she'll know. Let you know. The audience decide that. That's that's the word picture that we're just going to let them. <laughs> Is that the, the audience zone. interaction you're looking for? Yeah. Should go mm-hmm. guests do that? Oh. Now I have two images I can't get out of mind. Sister Sin and Scott with his shirt off. Oh dear God. Yeah. I'm sure I would we'll be I would be your hype man priest by the way in that situation <laughs> right behind you. I think that would be awesome. I could like oh, yeah. sit on your shoulders and just be like praying. As as I get carried into the ring, wouldn't that be incredible? Instead yeah. of a chair, it's a big wooden cross or something. We're beating yes. people up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, look, we the might rosary. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it around somebody's neck. I had listened to your your podcast, and I thought you guys had a great banter. And you're funny, and I I had heard some of your authors and falling into our trap of being cerebral, and I thought can't be cerebral we have to be funny because guess what oh they're going to turn on and listen to the podcast about a funny show and it's dry and boring we'd be killing ourselves mm-hmm. so i said we got to see people to be funny let's yeah. let's let's be in the studio and also i thought let's call their bluff they're like oh yeah come to cincinnati we'll take you out and then we actually show up i'm sure you went Damn, those guys actually showed up. <laughs> well, I think that there's a there was a bit probably on between all four of us when we met up last night, like concerns on both of our ends. Like, geez, are you think these guys are weirdos? Like, like how mm-hmm. is this going to work out? It, it, it's sort of a blind date that all four. I of us know. Were on. We yeah. thought you might be catfishing us, Jack. I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't even don't even joke about that. <laughs> oh, you're going to tell that story, Scott? No, no, well, no we'll, we'll save that to. one. We'll save well, that one for later. Now you just busted it out. Well, I may or may have not been catfished back before it was an actual term. And it, before it was illegal, by the way, so I will not get into the details. But you I was tricked. Ca- I got tricked you by got tricked. a, a good friend of mine. Time. Who, yeah, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Lady Scott has been catfished. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think we should uh, maybe jump into a little reading from the script? Yeah, let's read the script and then we'll talk about where this one comes from, what it means, etc. So, okay. listeners, today we're going to be reading a selection from their pilot webisode number one. Um, we have a colorful cast of characters here today. 
This um, script, just FYI, it is an international script, and it deals with a lot of different locations and cultures across the world. I just want to point out that everybody in this room reading characters, we do not necessarily have the culture, cultural or heritage backgrounds as some of them. Correct. So, um, you know, we're not trying to say anything by that. We're just doing the reading. So Frank is going to be doing all of our action headings today. Um, Frank's in the house. Yep. Frank's in the house. Yep, there he yep. is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be playing the character of Kate. If you guys just want to introduce yourself around, we'll head here with you, Jack. Okay, I'm playing Phil, uh, one of the remotely working people. I am uh, Akihiro, the HR director. And I'll be playing Nav, who runs the kind of the Indian office over in India. Because, so- yeah, so there's an international interaction that it's involved with this, too. So the Kate is based in St. Louis. Nav is based in Hyderabad. Our um, our other two – Phil is based in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Kihiro is also in St. Louis, which is the mothership of, of Piranha. And we have two other characters that aren't in the scene. One is in Atlanta and one's in um, somewhere in Germany around Amsterdam. Somewhere between Germany, Amsterdam, and Paris. Do you guys want to talk about anything that just happened in the script that yeah. might be important heading into this series of scenes? In the in the first episode, the Kate is trying to get all of her – team together to start working together and they do it all online and uh, the episode starts where Phil gets up and he's in this single guy apartment in Seattle and he's the archetypical hipster single guy and he he thinks that once he gets on this uh, conference call it's just going to be an audio so he doesn't really dress the way you think and he doesn't expect he just thinks everything's audio unbeknownst to him it's going to be a video call, and this is the, uh, the – we're going to pick up the call in midstream. They're uh, talking to Nav, who's running the uh, Indian call center in Hyderabad, and I'll take it from there. Perfect. That works. All right, so Frank – I do I do want to say something. So, yes. Um, I was told – Frank, what do you want to say? Frank, speak. He can oh talk. God. He can talk. Awesome, Frank. What do you got? Go for it, Frank. So speaking of this, so we were, uh, I was told – so there's there's a few memes I'm supposed to read. I'm supposed to read it in a, a different tone or voice. Yes. Not sure that's going to happen too well. Bear okay. With me. Well, you'll be yeah, you'll be reading the text of like the the text that gets put on a picture for stuff right. that gets circulated around on the. Yeah. You don't have to act, Frank. It's okay. okay. It'll be okay. We'll figure. Yeah. Well, people can figure it out. Frank, right. we believe in you. Okay, right. so Frank, whenever you're ready, take us away. Interior, Hyderabad, India, call center, night. Nav, tell us about the call centers. Well, Sanvi had her baby, but Arjan still says he's not the father. Interior. Phil's bedroom. Morning. Nav drones on. Vihan's mother came by to give us some good news. The spider bite was not poisonous, but we need to fumigate the annex. Phil stares at his screen. It is now 8.42 a.m. He pulls up last night's baseball scores. New York beat Seattle's 9-1. to Damn. What? Uh, sorry, how's range? Phil pushes a keyboard button. The screen reads, mute on. Well, Rainish is back from the hospital. Everyone is happy it wasn't cancer. Just an STD. Interior. Phil's bedroom. Morning. Phil's dog pushes open his bedroom door. She jumps on Phil's lap. The dog paws on the keyboard. The screen changes to mute off. Oh, baby, not now, please. She jumps away and knocks over Phil's coffee mug. Hot coffee spills on Phil's lap. Bitch. Phil removes his pajama shirt and uses it as a towel on his crotch to, to soap up the coffee. 
Ah, this is going to leave a mark. The dog sniffs the spilled coffee, but she doesn't like it. I should make you lick it. The dog goes prone on the floor with her head down. Phil vigorously rubs his crotch with his shirt. Exterior, Kate's home office, morning. Kate has two buttons on her computer screen, blue for audio only and red for video. She clicks the red button. Insert four-way split screen on Kate's computer monitor. Anna shows her phone to Sam. Chloe clicks screen save. Nav sits at his office desk laughing. Phil, bare-chested, continues to rub his crotch with his shirt. Oh, baby, you're a bad girl. Um, Phil, are we interrupting? Phil fumbles to shut off his camera, but he can't do it. He offers only an embarrassed grin. Interior, Phil's bedroom, the next day. Phil is back at his desk. His coffee mug is turned upside down. He wears a wrinkled button-down white shirt and jeans. His monitor has a split screen. Kate is on half the screen. In the foreground, Kate sits at her home office desk. In the background, her five-year-old son, Kyle, tries to stick a fork into a wall socket. The other half of Phil's screen is a key, a key hero, a mid-40s Japanese man with dark, balding hair. He wears a piranha corporate badge. In HR, it doesn't matter what you think you were doing. It only matters what it looks like. If it's on the screen, it's true. I'm really sorry. You're on probation. With Chloe. The Kate cartoon animation dances across Phil's screen. Probation. Probation. It's Phil conflation. Phil clicks on his screen and deletes the Kate cartoon. Then a series of memes pops up on Phil's screen. Each meme features an image of bare-chested Phil with his hands on his crotch. The tagline changes with each meme. Meme number one. Ladies, if you love this webcam model, click donate. He deletes it, but it's replaced by, Dude, the NSA can see you. He deletes it, but it's replaced by meme three. Hey guys, you think it's a hot chick online, but it's just Phil. (laughs) He deletes it, but it's replaced by meme four. Sexual harassment? Legal help? Call Gloria Alweed. 314-555-6969. He deletes it to here. You must issue a personal video apology to each coworker who witnessed the incident. Yes, sir. On all future face chat conferences, your coworkers must see each of your palms at all times. Well, what if I have to type something? Phil, don't push it. Piranha has enough hostile work environment issues. We don't need yours. Do you understand? Yes, sir. One more thing. You are now required to dress appropriately. Phil looks over at his collection of nearly neatly pressed pajamas. Define appropriately. Kate will give you the list of official Piranha probation attire. Phil's dog jumps up on his lap. Is that your baby? Yes. Phil, we can't have another episode like this one. The dog thing only works once. Goodbye. Phil's video monitor goes black. Fade out. Round of applause for Frank, everybody. Frank the Tank nailed that one, baby. Frank doing voices. That's great, Frank. I'm I'm not not being patronizing at all. He's here till Tuesday. Try the veal. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, how fun. That was... That, that was, was great. great and scary. It's always skater, scary as a writer when you hear people read your words. Well, what did you think about hearing your own words? Um, I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed it. And yeah. I, Frank, I was very impressed by the way you handled those memes. Yeah. You set it up, Frank, and then you just like broke it down right before our eyes. <laughs> Sack it up, tear it down. So Jack, we... your performance was riveting, too. Oh, well, and so was, <laughs> thank you. So was Elson. Yes, so was Elson. 
the idea of uh, of a of a hipster who's embarrassed just about everything in life somehow did that did you feel that role? Yeah, I'm afraid I'm getting typecast a little bit. To be <laughs> it's, uh, I'm getting pigeonholed here. What would Ed Sheeran say? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's call him up and ask him. So. One of the things that we talked about last night that I want to ask you, because one of the things that I thought about as I was reading this uh, first episode script was, is this something that you guys see as a live action or more of an animated thing? I originally thought of it as a live action, and that's the route I would take, but okay. I'm open I'm open to, to anything. I, I thought about it as animation, and one day I called Scott and I said, you know, Scott, we could do this as animation. Mm-hmm. And then I really thought about the, uh, the economy of it and the cost of it, and I thought, we yeah. probably can do it less expensive if it's live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I thought, man, if it was animated, I'd have even more freedom to push the edges. You of the really envelope. would. Yeah. Cartoon characters can say anything they want. I know. Well, yeah. and I was even thinking big too mouth. The, the very yeah the, the big mouth everything they do on <laughs> yeah. that show. One of the, the in the very first episode in the very beginning, the dog is doing a lot of tricks, and I thought as I'm reading this, I was like, geez, that's a lot to train the dog to do. Like that would be a lot easier if it was a cartoon. But then also in, in terms of expense and all that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've seen cats go to the bathroom in the toilet and flush it themselves so maybe we can make a dog hit a keyboard that's not a problem yeah fair enough the dog is based on one of my dogs too oh cute yes i'll have to give her residuals (laughs) (laughs) um so in this first this first episode the specific event that the characters are dealing with is this guy who looks like he's jacking off on his video call so did you guys just make this up, or is this something that happened there, to there, one of you? There was a or? hint that this was based on something true, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think that was a tease from earlier. Uh, one of my friends, uh, this this happened to, except it was much more extreme. And he was on a, a national sales call, and uh, he thought it was an audio only call, and so he was, you know, taking care of business. Oh my god! Oh, and oh, my god. Uh, the leader of the call flipped it onto oh, video to show somebody something, and oh, my god. he was caught oh, in a compromising god. position. But you know, he was one of the top salespeople, and I, I think he got a slap on the wrist. But did, no, I'm sorry, but like, did he? Keep that was doing a pun, it, kind of, right? A slap on the oh, wrist, gosh. Ah, zinger. Uh, did he? Did he like stop? When the video flipped, or did yeah, he, just he realized keep going? it, and now he real he realized it. Yeah, after that, and he didn't uh, power through or anything. So I've been holding on. He, he did not power through. Maybe it worked he for did him. get caught in a no. sticky situation, though. Oh, oh. my gosh. Right. Right. You know what, Scott? That's dumb. Um, yeah. How dare you? So I've been uh, <laughs> banking like, that uh, image. I mean, no, banking that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire right now. Story, yeah. I'm on fire. Uh, I've been storing that. That story, like I have so many other stories I have that come through in some of the first season um, for a long time. And so I was so excited. And my initial thought uh, with starting with that was let's come out strong. And I remember Seinfeld's breakthrough episode was the bet, you know, Mm -hmm. and how it was kind of that time for sure taboo to talk about that topic on television, especially network television. And I thought, okay, and to Bill's credit, I sent him the real story. And what he came up with is much better. I think it's something that people don't expect. And you I can thought talk it about was. That. I thought it would be funnier if he actually wasn't doing it, but it just appeared to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to spend a lot of time setting that up. Plus, you know, I knew my daughters were going to read it. One of my daughters is one of my primary editors, and I didn't want it to be NSW. So <laughs> I thought we'll we'll just flip it and make it funnier. And uh, I've escaped the actual gross story that Scott actually uh, participated <laughs> or knew of knew of. This will be available to read, so I can yeah. spoil or at the end. If yeah, you, you might as well. Yeah, sure. I think it's it's funny that I thought, okay, well, what would we make Phil do 
two things actually to kind of wrap it up and make it funny. And I thought something that I personally did when I worked at a previous job was I got in trouble for not dressing appropriately at work and kind of slacking off a little bit. And so I did go rent a tuxedo and wear it to work one day. <laughs> and then uh, Jim Halpert stole my idea from the office. How dare he? I didn't get credit for that. I'm not getting royalties for that episode. But okay. uh, So I thought that would be funny, especially because Phil wears pajamas all the time. And, right. Uh, and then the second thing, I I just always found it funny when you're at the casino and you see the blackjack dealers doing that thing with their hands. Yeah. And, to show, or any dealer, to show that they don't have money somehow tucked down their sleeve or something. Okay, right, because so, they say you have to show your hands exactly at all times on the call. So right. Phil has to start every conference call, and he does through the whole first season, doing that sign that the casino dealers make. Mm-hmm. I just thought that and was wearing kind of the funny. tuxedo and wearing mm-hmm. the tuxedo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was funny. I, I, well, I, th- I thought it was funny. What would you think? Well, I, I love the first episode because I do think that it really sets up a lot of development opportunities for the rest of the cast, the rest of the world here. Um, in terms of what goes on with the other with the other um, seven episodes, what are some of the recurring themes that you guys deal with per character? Yeah. Well, uh, the primary character uh, is Kate. She's the leader of the group, and she has the – situation where she's a working mom she has two kids uh five and and seven and she's a full-time job and this is one of the kids that was sticking a fork in the the wall socket there's a there's a reoccurring theme throughout the entire first season what that kid is doing behind kate like (laughs) i thought of every possible thing a kid could do wrong as father of four and i have them reoccurring behind kate Mm -hmm. during the whole thing so moms out there if you know your kid has done something crazy uh, write in and tell us we'll add it to season two yeah but the and my wife is amazing she's a working mom and the the pressure on a working mom to have to do everything in the corporate world and take care of your kids is just incredible so that's a lot of the tension on hers can she be a, a corporate leader be a mom and and keep this disparate group all over the world together uh, as a team because remember the whole the whole essence of if she doesn't get this team to work together when this product she loses her job too yeah so that's her pressure throughout. Uh, Phil's pressure throughout is just being a a, a, a th- this hipster kind of geek and just trying to. He's sort of a antisocial. You know, he's great online, but he's not great in in real life. So we okay. set him up in a bunch of. Don't take it personal, Jack. That's uh, fine. <laughs> to, he, I, I just feel like I've been spied on for a while. But that's cool. <laughs> so part of the story of him is how how he behaves in 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 uh, real settings and. You know, there's this cultural thing that you think, oh, we're friends online and therefore we're friends in real life. No, I I was sparked. I was at this meeting one time and I don't remember their names, but I'll just say it's Jack and Sam. Jack, uh, um, Jack comes up and Sam comes up and I talk to each one of them and I'm true friends with each of them. Mm-hmm. And I say, Sam, this is my friend Jack. Jack is my friend Sam. And they look at each other and they go, oh, we know each other. We're Facebook friends. So I sh- sh- stop talking mm-hmm. and there was deathly science mm. and and i realized they're friends online but they're not they friends in real life and other. they couldn't even hold a conversation and oh, i remember walking yeah, away okay. from that thinking so let's just get this right facebook friends are not real friends because real friends you can talk to in real time well maybe yeah. jack and sam are just bad conversationalists with each other uh might have been but then i wouldn't have had the epiphany that sparked the show and that would be boring fair enough mm-hmm. maybe they, they were just talking about you and they didn't want to. Yeah, they realize they had nothing oh, well, to that say happens in real life you. too. Ab, so. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the themes that I noticed in the script for the first episode was 
all the different settings when there are people out in public, the other people that are like walking by in the background, they're all walking around with their faces buried in their phones. Yes, that was intentional. The, yeah. The, it's amazing. Just go out, go on the streets of Cincinnati or mm-hmm. San Diego or any major city and watch people walk. They're on their phones. There's a bill, I think, in California now to say you can't text and walk because people were texting walk, and getting hit by cars. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Cincinnati, we actually had a really big cultural event in this. Um, was this two, Blink 2008? Blink was just this past year, yeah. 2017. Then. Yeah. So basically we had this big um, arts media group come in and take over the city and do a lot of light projections, but they utilized the entire show. city as yeah. their canvas. It was incredible. And one of the most inspiring things about being a part of that was that people were not on their phones that night. In order to be a part of the installation and witness the art, they had to be looking up or yeah. they would miss things. And Jack and I walked around the city with our friend Brant just like in awe watching gorgeous. these amazing shows that happened. And it was just such a rare experience to not have everybody buried in their phones in the city but be up and breathing and engaged in everything that was going on. It, it appears to be Americans are addicted to screens. Yeah. Last night we're at the club. And and Jack, this Jack and I were sitting in the back. We were watching the guy do the sound. Oh, yeah. And he has his iPhone hooked up to it. And I'm thinking, wow, how cool is that? You can know you could run the the mixing board from your iPhone. That how technology. So I get over and I look real close. The guy was on Facebook or something. He wasn't even listening to the music. He was (laughs) he was going through Facebook. And I'm going, okay. I don't think that's not being present. Yeah, I actually I always I get real pissy when I'm at shows because I like to be right in the front. And if I'm not right in the front and there's somebody who's right in the front and they're on their phone, I'm like, oh, you don't deserve. You're wasting this primo real estate. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, because I like to dance at shows. Yes, you do. And so I want to, like, be a part of what's happening. And if somebody's sitting there just, like, tweeting about it, I want to push them out of the way. That's excuse me. (laughs) probably the deepest reoccurring theme of remotely working that you can't. You have to be present with people. You cannot replace that with technology. I get that. So let's talk about how you guys work as a team then because you live in different cities. You are working remotely together in a creative capacity. And what is it like working as a creative team? And then how do you manage the the challenge of working remotely? Well, Bill and I have known each other, I think, around nine years. And we actually worked together at a previous employer. That's how we came to start collaborating. We would collaborate really well together on work issues and creatively solve them. And I knew he had dabbled in screenwriting and films. And when I had come up with this idea to do the show, he was the the first person I called because I knew we would work together because we worked together really well. And hasn't been a challenge at all working together on this from different places at all. And with technology, um, you do... It does allow you to work remote. It does not replace the the human interaction. Um, but it is worth noting, I want to give a shout out to a couple of improv comedy groups in San Diego because once we wrote the show, Bill and I, it was funny on its own, but we said, you know, we need to have kind of a writer's room type thing. And so we, I flew to, to San Diego and we, we got together with all of our improv comedy friends and we did a table read. And they added a lot of volume to it. And some of the jokes in there are from some of our good friends that are comedians in San Diego. Oh, that's and cool. They're happy to be a part of it. 
Uh, they they love to help us out. We spent almost five hours actually reading one through seven and really crafting it. And we've tweaked the script so many times to kind of get it to where we want it to be. And we think it's it's pretty good and it's ready to roll. If you talk to folks about this concept, everybody has some story about how working online is bizarre. There's a there's a bit in the first episode. Uh, one of our improv friends, a woman said, oh, yeah, when I go online, I just like wear a heavy sweatshirt and no bra because I don't want to dress up. But I'm worried where I'm look, so I'll, I'll take my finger and I'll smudge the, the camera so they can't <laughs> see me very well. And I just laughed so much. That's in the first episode because I thought, yeah. oh, that's hilarious. That's like a Barbra Streisand focus, put a little Vaseline <laughs> yeah, on the lens. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, one yeah, of the a lot thing- of people identify with – it's funny because – I think it's something like over half of Americans have worked from home at least one day in their lives. And that number's three years old. So it's probably even more now. But yeah. everybody has a story about working from home, whether there's something wrong with the connection or we explore this in one of the future episodes. You don't realize your boss is on the line. So you start cussing him out or her out. Oh, and geez, start, yeah. And particularly HR. You know, everyone kind of hates HR. It's a love hate with HR, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. They pay you. Helpful, but then they get helpful. you in trouble too. Yeah. <laughs> so we there's a lot of HR jokes wrinkled through this, and one of we have a couple reoccurring char- characters actually in the HR related field. But everyone has a story of working from home, and everyone can relate to it. And it's just I, it's super funny. In in addition to working from home, when you think of remotely working, the two other places people work in their cars. There's a lot of scenes where people are working in their cars, mm-hmm. uh, and that. A, it usually isn't good for traffic. Um, and also working in wherever, a coffee house, a hotel lobby, wherever you can find a place. Because remotely working is wherever you, you are. When you add in the fact that Amsterdam, St. Louis, and Hyderabad are g- greatly separated by time. One's at 10 p.m., one's at roughly noon, and one's at whatever, uh, 2 a.m., uh-huh. uh, it, it makes it even more um, bizarre that you have to work with people in, t- in different continents and different time zones, and they're either at home, they're in their car, they're at a coffee shop, or they're just roaming somewhere. We have a couple scenes where they're just in a nightclub, and they have to get on the phone. And they got to uh-huh. start working. Yeah, you know, last night, now I have an episode from last night from you. Yeah, well, yeah, with the, with the guy on the board. It's funny how, when you talk to people of what they try to get away with. When they're trying to work from home, like they're in the bathroom or they've got it on mute while they're doing something else. Yeah, well, and I think it's neat that there's another bit of there's another element to the title of remotely working where it's a little more of a wordplay thing when you talk about these people's personal lives. Yes. And how, and how go, go ahead, because yeah. I think this is clever. Yeah, I mean, TV, I, I love TV shows with those kind of double meaning names, too. And yeah, it's that that's kind of our in our tagline kind of is it. Is remotely working even remotely working? Is yeah. it working at all? You know, <laughs> and mo- there's a lot. Actually, a lot of corporations that are moving away from letting their employees work from home because they figured out that they're not as productive. And uh, we've got some funny things lined up for season two, exploring the the uh, shortened work week, work week, if you will. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, and I I know when I've worked from home for other people. Uh, I don't think I was as productive <laughs> at all, and I, I was—I wouldn't say I was the Phil character because I definitely had someone in mind when I when I came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I worked in my pajamas every once in a while and never left the house, and definitely had everything on mute and didn't pay attention and was distracted. I guess you know. I have a friend um, who has been an independent consultant. Uh, his name is John, and I asked him, "So, John, what's your advice when you when you work at home?" He said, uh, "Try and take a shower." 
Just in terms of like for structure for your own life so you feel like you're a human being still? Like yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Try and take a shower at least once a day. Okay. Because then, <laughs> then that means you're, you're like you're putting yourself in the mindset of like trying to function in the world instead of just being some scumbag on the couch brushing the Doritos off you so you can be <laughs> on for the conference call. I get so that. maybe HR had a different mode of making Phil wear a tuxedo then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, that, hey, we want you to actually work when you're at home and not slack off. Mm-hmm. So do either of you have a story about working at home that, or working remotely you can tell us? I don't think so. All, I mean, I've done working in radio, like we will have remotes where some hosts will be out like at a sponsor, like at a car dealership or whatever, and they'll come in and talk in between the breaks. That's called a remote. But my sister does has a, have a story, though. She's taking some online classes a while back. And she had the, and her internet connection wasn't great, so she came back over to my parents' house because she had this really important test that she had to take. And it was like once you started it, you couldn't stop it. And then like they figured that mom and dad's internet connection was more reliable than what she had going on. So she's downstairs at the desk at home on the computer. It's this test that's going on, and there's like a webcam element that's involved to it. And we're all down in the living room, too. And I don't know where my mom got this idea where she thought that, like, you couldn't be seen on. She didn't want to be seen on camera and mess it up. (laughs) And the stairs that lead from the den up into the kitchen are right behind this chair where my sister's at the desk. So rather than just walk up the stairs like a normal human being because you're on a webcam and who cares? If you're watching this, there's got to be a teacher of my sister's who's seen this video of my mom crawling up the steps because she didn't want to be noticed. But you can definitely see that there's somebody sneaking up the stairs. It's one of the most insane things that I've ever seen, and I would love to know how whatever teacher reacted to the, it. One of the inspirations for the show was the the video. I watched it 20 times. I laughed every time. Yeah. The the uh, military expert in Korea. Yes. He's trying to give the serious interview and his kids keep yes, walking around back uh, and then the mom keeps in. Mm-hmm. That went viral instantly because everyone could relate to that. It yes. was hilarious. It was incredible. There I was, love watching that one. There was just a thing on Twitter today if somebody took a screen cap, they, some, the BBC or somebody had that guy on again to weigh in on whatever current issue was going on and that door is in the background and whatever tweet that I saw said somebody said something to the effect of there's no way anybody's paying attention to anything other than that door waiting for it to open. <laughs> and Allison, what about you? I'm um, to steal that for season two. <laughs> so I did work from home for uh, a while for one of my day jobs, and I loved working from home. I was more productive, mostly because I did not want to get fired. Uh, so I, you know, I worked really, really well. But um, the way our apartment was set up at that time was very small, and so my desk, my office, was in our bedroom. And I would get up to work before my husband would get out of bed. And so my husband's name is Philip, and he uh, would lay in bed. And if I had a meeting in the morning, I'd say, Sweet Pea, I have a meeting. I'm just letting you know I'm going to be like talking and stuff, and you need to stay quiet. And he would, he'd sleep and stuff. And we'd, so our bed had a canopy, and I'd close the canopy behind me so that anybody watching the webcam would think maybe I was just sitting in front of curtains. Mm, And so I'm in this meeting, and I'm like, Chit, doing my part, talking. My audio is unmuted, <laughs> and Philip, who's waking up, starts f- <laughs> farting <laughs> in the bed. He's I, it picks up on the camera, and people in the room oh start gosh. looking. This one girl in particular, her eyebrows just went. Mm? <laughs> she just started like looking around, and I quickly like. Ugh. I don't know how because I laugh so much on this show, but I like stifled every <laughs> impulse I had 
and unmuted my audio and just sat there stone faced as if I had no idea what was going oh, on. Oh yeah, because it's a group thing, right? Nobody knows really where it's coming exactly. from. Exactly. Ah, they don't I mean and maybe well, I guess they would probably hear it coming from the camera and the microphone. And the you know, the worst thing is is that I was the only one who was working remotely. So all of those people are sitting in the office, and they have one TV screen up in this conference room. That's me. Oh, okay. That yeah. doesn't help you so, as much. And you no. didn't blame it on the dog. No. I just sat there like, this isn't, nothing's going on. That's Everything's wild. totally fine. It's, I love Philip so much, though, and that story and the fact that that happened is, like, just so super fun. So I, can I use that for season two? It's all yours. That's Thank right. you. So do you guys base your characters on real people, or do you... Make them up. Yeah, most of them. When I when I was crafting them, you kind of write what you know, right? And or at least I do. And uh, yeah, so they're they're based on some real real people. And I'm not quite sure that they know that they had these characters based on them, but absolutely, I had people in mind when I when I wrote them for sure. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that this cast, the way that the cast is described, like in your official description, you refer to them, the cast, as millennials, but they're not written like a bunch of 21-year-olds. Like, I think people, a lot of people forget now, I was born in 1981, and technically I'm on the old end of it, but I'm technically a millennial, and I'm going to be, you know, turning 38 here in a couple of months. So this the, this perception of millennials being just a bunch of idiot 20-somethings isn't a thing anymore, and I really like the fact that you've got, like, they're they're fitting into that generation, but they're not just a bunch of idiot kids. They're adults that are just trying to make ends meet. My son, who's born in 2001, is called a centennial now. That, that, okay. that centennials have followed millennials. Okay. So millennials, you're you're right in the age group for millennials. Yeah, I'm right on the old end of it, but yeah. Yeah, one of the, the greatest feedbacks we get from people that read it is that they've they fall in love with the characters. Mm-hmm. And when they when you see them flushed out over the season, they're all kind of they're okay people, I guess, but they have flashes of brilliance, and they're definitely loyal. They become loyal to each other, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I love how they they play out in this, the first season. Yeah. So, what are your plans with this script? What do you guys want to do with it? Yeah, we'd like to see it get made. So <laughs> we definitely uh, wanted to get made. <laughs> we're both remotely working and remotely hustling, I guess. But no, we're full. <laughs> we're full uh, going hustling. Uh, sure. Part part of the problem. Uh, we're at this fork in the road between, let's call it the revised legacy media and the new media. The revised legacy media is the Hulu, uh, Netflix, which is done through the internet, but sometimes they function like the the old studio or the television network. Yeah, sure, like a network, okay. yeah. Okay. And the, the new cutting edge, which is uh, these little mini networks that will produce scripted um, uh, content on the, on the phone or on uh, laptops. So... Which of those mediums will do? We've we've have our feet in both. Is it something that we could sell to the Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or is it something that is going to be in one of the cutting edge uh, ones? And I think I'll, I'll, there's also maybe almost a third option too of just trying to produce it yourselves and then see who comes sniffing around, right? Uh, yes, there's a lot of folks who've actually made it by just starting their own YouTube channel and working up. Uh, a few years back, my my second and my third daughter brought me to VidCon in yeah. in Anaheim because you know I didn't want them running loose without their dad and that was like an amazing epiphany for me because I could first of all it was all of these people who are used to the YouTube generation and they feed off YouTube and Mm -hmm. and the collateral I couldn't tell the difference between the stars and the fans yeah but 
I realized oh, there is a yeah. generation of folks who come up and they are not watching content on a television. Yeah. They're watching content on a device. And if it doesn't make it to television, they're just, you know, projecting it from their i their iPhone through Apple TV onto it. Yeah. And they're used to seeing a different kind of video and they're going to be the next generation. Yeah, the formality of like coming home at the end of a day at work and sitting down on the couch and maybe having a beer or a, like a bowl of popcorn. Like at a very specific time. Yeah, and ha- yeah, appointment, appointment television, television yeah, is, is yeah. dead, I think. It's yeah. it's it's oh, it's it's gone and and we're projecting the future. So I'm leaning more towards the new media, but if we can get it picked up through one of the streaming services, we'll definitely go for that too. I don't even own a TV, actually. I watch everything on my laptop or my phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Netflix or Hulu or there's a Verizon has Go90. Oh, and that's right. They've yeah. got some really good programs on that show, on that channel, actually. And uh, it's all in the mid-form, 15, 10-minute, 15-minute, 20-minute shows. And it's all it's very, very good, actually. I think it's really interesting. Like, on a cultural level, I, I don't know how many people have actually, like, taken the time to really sort of figure out the effect of having like a tiny computer screen slash TV slash also a phone. We don't really use it for that anymore. That people are just walking around with all the time and having with them like I I don't know how much thought has been put into really figuring out how that has – made the culture sort of curve in the road and start heading down a, a, into a area that we don't know where the heck it's going. I think it's it's fascinating and it's had such a tremendous impact on us on a cultural level. When when I wrote it, I saw it being uh, shown on a phone. That's what I had in my mind. Yeah. So you you design the scenes different. You can't do big, spacious, you know, uh, physical uh, uh, looks. You can't do a, a, a massive plane or something. It just doesn't sell on a small screen. So yeah, you have to impressive. design it for the small screen. Okay. And, you know, the medium is the message. The people who work remotely yeah. are used to living off their phones. And so it was yeah. designed for people either to see on their phones or their, you know, or their tablets. I think that, that I think that there's such an underserved – because like you said before, it's not a kitschy thing anymore to – work from home it's not some random person that maybe once in a lifetime does it It, there's more and more people have stories of this and i think that's it's an audience that really isn't seeing much representation in mainstream media at all that i can think of like we talked last night about some maybe some inspiration the office playing a role and shows like outsourced and uh silicon valley Valley. Valley. but i mean there's not a lot of that that i mean that those are that's a handful of things and all of them had offices as well so you hit the nail on the head there that it's a it's a segment of the population that is not represented on television yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's an audience for sure for this, and uh, we made a pact that this show is getting made, whether we have to do it ourselves or not. So it's going to happen. It's just which route we're going to take. So if we um, have to make it ourselves and we have to cast it, um, Allison, will you come and read for Kate? Oh, done. That would be like the best thing of my life. (laughs) Script shop magic right here in the room. Why do you think she started the show? I I thought (laughs) about it. Honestly. (laughs) Perfect. I want Frank as the meme reader. (laughs) (laughs) It was breathtaking. Uh, Oscar worthy. Oscar worthy for sure. Yes. Is there room for, on a show like this, uh, and it's clearly written as a comedy, is there room for... Uh, elements of drama or incorporating like real world issues of uh, sexual harassment, uh, income inequality, the the idea of working in this more gig economy now. No hugging moments in this show. Okay. As long as I'm involved with it. (laughs) I don't want a full house DJ Tanner moment where you've realized you love each other and 
uh, there are elements of they're good people and mm-hmm. they, they help each other and they're loyal to each other. But uh, there's so many problems in the world. And I just want I wanted to do 15 minutes to make people laugh mm-hmm. and not have to worry about okay. tackling real. There's lots of shows that do that. And I don't I personally don't want this to be it. I want it to be uh, like a Seinfeld or an office where you're just kind of laughing the whole time. And there's not many, many hugging moments. It's politically agnostic neutral. Okay. However, there's a there's a few episodes in the first season where somebody is abusing technology and one of our characters steps in to reassert the authority of the human uh heart and the human character over an abuse of technology. So okay. but if it, it has to have that you'll see some moments where you'll feel some pathos and some emotion, but it's always in the f- that sense of that conflict between the human heart and technology. Okay. Um, so I also wanted to ask, like, personally and individually, what do you guys love about this script and about this series? What stands out to you as something that you just love about it? I love the characters. And I'm a, when I watch television, I like to focus on – I like shows where you fall in love and you love all the characters, but you also like the side characters as well. And – uh, we talked about Big Mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the coach character to me. I just love that. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he's a main character, but I just love that show has so many good, solid characters that you like, but they add value and they bring value to the show. And I also like it because I've lived it and I relate to the concept and I relate to working from home. And it's not been done before. And I think it needs an audience. I love the comedy. I mm-hmm. love the laugh. And it's. I, if you had to place it in the uh, comedy taxonomy, it's probably satire because it takes it takes real world situation and shows you the absurdity. of it. It's not slapstick humor. It's really not parody. It's it's satire. And there are some things in life that just need to be satirized. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the idea of day to day working is a pretty deep well to, to to draw from. Absolutely, and it's going to get more and more. We we. I haven't seen anything in the last 15 years that shows we're getting less technologically dependent. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Only forward from here. Well, shoot, guys. So uh, we're going to have some contact info up on the website. Definitely if Netflix, if you're listening and you're maybe interested in trying to do a show that will represent an audience that's fairly underrepresented but also growing every day. uh, (laughs) That will cast Allison. (laughs) Yes. So feel free to hit up a script shop show.com. Uh, people can get, is there, do uh, you want to put out any other ways people, for people can to get, get a in touch hold with of you? you? Yeah, we have, we have an email for the show. It's remotely working show at gmail.com. So people can email us there and uh, I'll, I check that. So I'll get back to you if you have questions or if you, if you want to send you some dick pics or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, why way. not? Hey, now <laughs> let's not revisit my catfishing. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. Just kidding. Send those um, to Scott, not me. And if you want to read more, if you like the pilot, you want to read some of the first season, too. I'm happy to send that off cool. to someone oh, awesome. as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's great, guys. This time flew. We, we, we're, this, this has been a packed hour. I'm so glad that we didn't waste much time before we brought them in because yeah. I knew we were going to have a ton to talk about yeah. with these guys. Well, and even just having you guys in the city the time yeah. has flown from since we met you last night all the way through to here. Very true. It just goes fast. The city that never sleeps, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> That's right. Cincinnati. That's I right. love Cincinnati. Thank you for being our, our host. Yes, and, and a I had a great time, and I, I can't wait to come back. Yeah, thanks, guys. We As a Cardinals you. fan, I have, not, I have a lot more respect for the Reds now, actually. So yeah. Just Good. visiting the city. Beautiful city, though. Thanks very much. We like showing the city off. Yeah. All right, everybody.
Uh, if you've got something that you've written and you're interested in uh, trying to be a part of things, maybe you could come to Cincinnati and we could show you around. We'd Please be willing do. to do it again. Yeah. Scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Or Film Freeway as well. Or on Film Freeway. Um, I teased a little bit about my film festival, which Cincinnati is hosting in August, the Sendependent Film Festival. Um, independent with a C in front, Sendependent yeah. Film Festival. So if you want to claim your Sendependence, go ahead and submit on filmfreeway.com and make plans to come visit us this August. Yes, for sure. That w- That's going to be... Uh, quite the event um we've also got a patreon account yeah we do if you had fun listening to us and espn think that, send us that money think that maybe we're worth a couple nickels of your time uh check us out script shop show on uh patreon you can uh be a patron of ours um, yeah well yep patron, we can patronize Patri- i don't know it's definitely not patreon why no, but I'm just trying to figure out the verbiage of it, whether Patron. they're patronizing us or we're patronizing them. And I always them. have a problem with patronizing because that's got dual meanings. Well, as there's well, a negative connotation right? to it. We, right? we mean this in the best sense, and we would think that you would too. Yeah. Although if you're throwing money at us to be a jerk, I'm a, I don't care. <laughs> we're not, still, that's fine. No, still no. <laughs> uh, are we good? We yeah, we're everything? good. So listeners, thank you so much. Until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.